Joining us in the green room is Western United Football Director Steve Horvat. Steve, welcome back to FNR. Thanks, guys, and good to be on. Yeah, it's fantastic to have this show back, just so we get to talk to people yeah. like yourself and give a bit of behind-the-scenes look at uh, the A-League's most ambitious club. We'll start with the game over the weekend. Obviously a disappointing result, but uh, what did you take out of it? Yeah, it was uh, probably like all the games on the weekend, pretty cagey affairs, mm. you know. There were there was a lot of draws. There was probably only one goal in any of the results. So it's probably been really tough for a lot of the teams this season in the preparation phase of, uh, of pre-season because of lack of match practice and, and game opportunities. So you're probably going to find the first few weeks of the season will be a little bit as we saw in week one. Um, there were really probably no standout sort of results but for us a lot of positives to take away outside of the results we really kept Melbourne victory to very limited opportunities I thought our back four was really excellent in a defensive capacity and plenty to work on going forward you know we've still got uh, big Alexander Priyavich to be 100% fit but once he gets uh, on the park and fully fit we'll have that focal point going forward as well so look you know plenty to build on uh, trophies aren't handed out in, in, in round one so, um, you know, plenty of work for John and his team, but uh, I, I think there's a lot of uh, exciting prospects moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's what the the read that most of us took away from that game is, you know, not the result you would have desired. It did feel like one of those games where if it wasn't going to end as sort of a, you know, a scoreless draw, it was going yeah. to be a, a corner or a penalty or a free kick or something like that. Um, and unfortunately, just one of those ones where it didn't break your way, but definitely plenty of positives. And I thought one of the other ones as well, was just the, the you know the the atmosphere at the game um, to have people back. I mean, victory obviously brought uh, good travelling support, but I think both yeah. sets of fans. You know, we could hear from from the press box like it's so refreshing. Uh, I think particularly in the last few years of the A League to be at a game where you hear both sets of fans belting it out, and it must be really pleasing for you to to sit there and and and, and soak that in on on a match yeah. as well. I mean- Uh, and uh, I think to have the fans back in the stands, and I think uh, from this Friday it's full capacity, uh, mm. so no longer fifty percent, which it was on the weekend. So um, you know, great. I mean, obviously as a player, that's what you revel in—you know, the atmosphere and and the banter, and even going away from as a hostile. You know, you love. Uh, sort of sport you know obviously you know the sport thrives on um you know the emotion and passion of the fans and it's great to have them back now you were a defender yourself in your playing day were you not steve yes i was indeed that's why uh i'm not sure if the fnr wi-fi is holding up today we're dropping out just a little bit steve but we'll push on through um okay Leo Lacroix looks like an absolute Rolls Royce of a central defender based on what we saw on the weekend. Uh, Tell us about the process of signing him, how you identified him as a talent and uh, what he brings to the team. Yeah, well, there's, you know, I'm, in my, I'm, I'm on a lot of committees, football committees, and, and one of those is a recruitment committee where, you know, we look at a whole host of players and, and look at their attributes and how they're going to fit into what we're trying to build here as a football club. You know, and he sort of popped out uh, amongst, you know, probably 10 to 15 central defenders that we were looking at uh, as a real player that was at the right age, 
um, possess the attributes that we needed in our team. Obviously, there's no denying he's, he's a man mountain, uh, so height was was one thing. But uh, as well, the way he uh, reads the game and actually steps out when he defends, uh, I think it's a criticism I have of, of a lot of defending in this country where we t- tend to delay and, and backtrack, whereas both himself and Tomoki Mai are those type of defenders that put forward pressure on the ball. So they actually push their opposing player back towards their goal. And you just saw on the weekend and even the week before in the FFA Cup game, Leo, how many interceptions, cutouts and, and clean ball winners that he had in, in 90 minutes of football. So, yeah, he's, um, he's he's a great player and he'll only get better. You know, I mean, all of our foreigners have only been in the country a short period of time. But, um, you know, not only it's what he brings on the park, but off the park as well. It's, it's a big facet of when we recruit players, we try and find the right character that's going to fit into the squad um, and actually lead for us as well. Yeah, well, I think any Western United fan listening to that, hearing... Steve Horvath say that there is more to come from Leo Lacroix after the opening game. Must be very, very pleased. I mean, Michael Long coming through in the uh, the Facebook comments on the live stream saying, Hi, Steve, did you check Leo's pocket to see if Chris Economides is still there? Certainly speaks to the, uh, the quality of the game that he played on the weekend. But what I'm really interested in, Steve, you know, obviously, clearly, at least in the early signs, you, you've identified a, a really, really quality player. How do you uh, and the rest of the team sort of work with John to uh, over the off season to identify what you need and, and and which players you want to bring in. How does that process work? Well, it's really again there's a there's a there's a committee that that works through uh, the balance of the squad and the makeup of the squad. You know, um, so uh, I think we probably. Uh, moving into this season, we maybe lacked, uh, we lost a lot of a fair bit of leadership and, and more experienced players. So we look to top up in that area. So, you know, it's really a process uh, amongst four of us that really sit down and have a look at, you know, where the deficiencies are and what we need to build on. And not only that, we, we then look at, uh, okay, so we look at obviously the short term, but then the long term. So you look two, three, four years out. So who are the players that are in the squad that will be the next in line in, in certain positions? So, you know, really it's, it's, it's about the balance and the makeup of the squad that's uh, incredibly important. Talking about the role of, of the football director and what it actually means, uh, Bruce Gite occupied that same position. I'm sure it's different in every club, but that same role at Adelaide United wrote recently for the Keep Up uh, website that uh, you're not CEO, you're not coach. Instead, you're part accountant, part talent scout, part mediator, and overwhelmingly chief visionary. Is, is that what you call yourself, Steve? Chief visionary? <laughs> Yeah, look, uh, I'm not sure about visionary. I've, I've sort of been around this club for, you know, since its inception. So I, I guess, you know, it's it's more around the, the holistic values and, and where the, the football club and its identity is going. I mean, at the moment, the big focus for us is our academy, you know. Um, you know, the 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 elite part of the business is is pretty set. We've got Melin Pombato, who's our general manager of football, the coaching staff, and all the all the all the team that works around there. So that's going along fine. The, the next phase is, and you know, we've just employed Anthony Frost last week to be our first academy director. So I'm working very closely with him on the next generation of football players for Western United, whether that's in two years, five years, 
or 10 years, both boys and girls. You know, our partnership with Calder is incredibly exciting and, and come next season we'll have a W League team as well. So the club in, in such a short amount of time is growing incredibly quick. Um, you know, in in a couple of years we, we may have between 10 and 20 teams running around in the green and black from all ages. So that to me is incredibly exciting and that's obviously the next phase of uh, where the club needs to get to. Having seen the MPL3 side play a few times uh, last season, uh, it was a truncated year, of course, and disappointing because the side was well in the mix for promotion before the season was suspended. But some of those talents in that team were really standing out. I mean, mm. be it Adisu Bale, who's gone on to represent the Oli Roos, be it Adjak at, at centre-back, I was hugely impressed by. Uh, Nicholas Milanovic, who's been making match day squads. Uh, so already there are there are guys coming through. Obviously, with the program not being in operation that long, they've been signed from elsewhere. But uh, it's a bit of a finishing school here. Tell us about the uh, the progress of, of those those types of players, and and if we might see them crack into the first team this season. Yeah, look, it was you know it was a, it was a, a bittersweet season, I suppose, because like you guys mentioned, we were knocking on the door of promotion, and although it wasn't a focus, but we always believed that. You know the the academy and for young players to develop, they need to be. We wanted to you know try and get our academy up to either NPL two and in the future NPL one. So it was um, you know it was a pity, um, but uh, again we we saw a lot of talent come through as you mentioned. You, you know Adisu Bayu, you know twelve months ago wasn't wasn't known as a footballer, and all of a sudden he's playing in the uh, in the Oli Roos, which is incredibly exciting. And that's what these programs are about are about unearthing talent in the West and developing them and, and getting them to play not only for the green and black, but eventually, hopefully, for the Socceroos and the Matildas. So, you know, a lot of work is going to be done in the next little while about, you know, trying to understand more talent because it's out there in, in the western suburbs and, you know, Geelong and Ballarat and those types of places. So it's incredibly exciting. Mm. Well, Steve, as you've already outlined, you know, your job as a football director just involves wearing so many different hats. What is the the most rewarding and, and satisfying part of this this job for you? Is it you know as you're sort of alluding to there, getting that chance to see players come through? What what is it about this job that is the most satisfying element of it? Look, I, I think you know obviously you know the at the elite level you know it's so results uh driven you know and you know there's a lot of pressure to to win on the weekend you know and then when i was you know driving up and and going to all these suburban grounds like we've done for for many years in the npl and and the lower leagues and watching our young boys who aspire to play at that level you know one time and even what was really exciting and 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 great to see as a football club the players that were coming down from the first team squad and playing in the NPL on those weekends, they were committed to the cause. You know, they weren't turning up and throwing their arms around and not happy that they weren't in the in the match day squad. They gave their all for that team. And I think that's a big reason why the team did so well. And it really helped develop the younger players like the Ajax you mentioned, the Sabits and all these Aeons and all these players that, that came through during the season. So really gave me a lot of joy to see that NPL team do so well and, and it will do as well when we bring in the, uh, the younger teams uh, in the academy. Got some questions coming through on the Facebook Live. Uh, Michael and Adrian, both keen to know how uh, new signing Rene Krahin is travelling and uh, when he might be involved because obviously... 
you know, with those international uh, players coming in and the hotel quarantine, it's it's pretty difficult to get them, you know, ready and raring to go match fitness wise. Yeah, it's been really tough, you know, and, and with the 14-day quarantine um, and he came out of quarantine and lost a bit of weight and has, has not been, uh, and you know, he's not been really doing that well on the training track. So we're just going to ease him into the season. Um, but, you know, hopefully he's only a few weeks. Yeah, well, I mean, John, uh, uh, oh, sorry, to, sorry to cut you off there, Steve, we just cut out a little bit there but um uh, going back to what you said about about Rene you know losing a little bit of weight while he was in quarantine I mean John Aloisi was saying at the the press conference on the weekend that you know he's lost five kilos and not just five kilos of general body weight we're talking five kilos of, of muscle which is you know for someone my size is a terrifying thought <laughs> so I, I can only imagine that that must have just had a massive toll on on him and and you know how it's gonna or what it's gonna take rather to, to integrate him back in yeah, it does. And, yeah, and you're right. It's it's really important to get the foreign spots correct, you know, and, and right in the A-League. And, and it's something that we did a lot of work on and a lot of homework in the off-season to get the right fit of players. Uh, we think we have the right mix and the right blend. So it would be great to get him on the park, definitely. Well, speaking of all those foreign signings, I think we there might have to be a, a red carpet. I don't know if this is one of your roles as well, but someone is probably going to have to go out and, and get the red carpet for this Friday night because there is quite a lot of stars taking the field uh, when Perth Glory come down. Of course, they've got Big Bear Daniel Sturridge, who hopefully will you know at least come off the bench, maybe even start, but you guys have got plenty of stars yourself. Of course, Diamante almost goes without saying at this point, but Priyavich as well, someone we're hoping to see more of this weekend. It's a pretty exciting spectacle you've got on your hands at GMHBA this weekend. No, it is, and, and like you said, we're not sure how you know how much how much uh, you know. And obviously, being a, li- a Liverpool fan, I'm, I'm ha- excited to see Daniel Sturridge as well. I think it's a great get for the A League. Um, but again, you've got somebody like Priyavich, and in those those two strikers, there's no one with better resumes uh, in running around in the A League uh, at the moment than those two. So it's going to be an incredible lot of football. I mean, obviously, the last time we played at home was a was a crazy game that didn't do too much for my blood pressure that finished 5-4 in our favour. Great for the neutrals, um, great for the fans, not great for the coaches. But if we get a game like that, then we'll be uh, be blessed. Absolutely. And uh, extra incentives to come down because uh, kids go free under 12s. And I understand members can, uh, can bring some friends along as well free of charge. Yeah, look, I think it's it's important that we now that you know the uh, the crowds are at a hundred percent, we try you know some initiatives, you know, to get the crowds through the gate to experience um, you know elite sport again. Because I think there's still probably a lot of hesitancy in people to to get out there. So you know, it'll be a great spectacle on Friday night, kicking off uh, round two and mainly in Africa. Well, that's uh, 7.45 kickoff at Amy Park. Uh, Western United taking on Perth Glory, who've uh, played the reserves tonight, we understand. The kids against Melbourne Victory in their FFA Cup qualifier to make sure their first team is ready for the game. So uh, full-strength sides going out there or or near enough. Uh, Steve, uh, before we let you go, uh, we do want to ask you a little bit about the the local boys that you've signed this season and, of course, the head coach, John Aloisi. I mean, obviously, the foreign players, we've gone into that and the sort of age profile, you're looking for leadership. Uh, but what has John brought to the table in terms of what he wants and, and the style of players that he's looking for? 
I think what he's brought from day one is incredible work ethic. Uh, you know, he's first in, last out, leads by example, and I think that's really rubbed off on on the playing group. And you know, there's no uh, it's no secret that we didn't finish the season uh, in great shape uh, last time around. So it was really important to to have someone come in that was a great communicator. Um, could really talk to the players on their level, but also be 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 hard when when he needed to be. And you know, I, I go to training and, and I see a group of players that want to be out there. There's smiles on faces. They're still putting in the work, but there's a you know there's a real joy to what they do uh, day in day out. So I think you're going to see that rub off throughout the season. Yeah. So really exciting. Yeah, and I think it's something that we've had uh, all of the guests who've been lucky enough to have on the green room so far. I think the consistent theme mm. uh, from you know from Previch in the first. First episode to, to Ben this week um, is mentioning that that culture and the the sort of off field energy that exists. It must be so pleasing to see a, a head coach you know that you've been responsible in in appointing get that buy in from a playing group just just so quickly. Um, and, and it must set you up really well for the season ahead. Yeah, it does. And you know, it's it's, it's an it's an obvious one when you bring somebody like John Aloisi that he has that. Um, that respect immediately for his playing career. But I think you've got to earn that respect as a coach. And he's earned that with our playing group really quickly. So uh, it's uh, it's great to see. And, uh, yeah, I'm really excited for the season. Steve, oh, you got one I more. Got one, I've one got more. one final one just because it, bringing up Ben Garicchio jogged my memory. Of course, that, that means we've had two Liverpool fans on this evening. Uh, both making mention of Daniel Sturridge. So at Amy Park, the question is, we, we've got Ben Garuccio, we've probably got Steve Horvat, and maybe a, a queue of others lining up to potentially uh, ask for a, a jersey swap <laughs> with Sturridge. Who, who we, wins that, no, who wins that no battle? Swaps. There'll be no jersey swaps from me, no selfies, um, no no autographs. So you're happy uh, to be... let Ben Garuccio win that battle <laughs> or fight it with other people? Go for his life. All good. <laughs> well, it'll be easier to take home Daniel Sturridge's jersey when Ben stuffs him in his pocket on yeah, Friday exactly. night. Uh, Steve, thank you so much for joining us here on The Green Room. We'll be sure to catch up with you throughout the season, but uh, best of luck for Friday. Thanks, guys, and love the work you do. Thanks a lot.